0: Hello, and welcome to the Fantastic Comic Fan Podcast. I am your host, R.T. Fleming. I'm here to help you find your next digital pick from the golden age to the present. Since I was a kid, I have been reading comics and I have never lost my love of comic books. I try to pass on that excitement for comic books to others, always looking for that next fantastic read or discovering an old favorite. It's Tuesday, June 28, 2022, and this is the 50th episode of the podcast. And I decided to put a special episode together where I actually picked out five comics from the golden age to the current era. They're not necessarily my favorite comic books of all times, but they are comic books that have an impact on me. I had a hard choice choosing things because the podcast usually only covers digital comic books so there's a lot of comic books from the early ages of the comic book shops that I couldn't cover because they're not being published anymore stuff from first comics like Mike Grell's John Sable and stuff from Kimiko there's a lot of Harvey comics that I really enjoyed growing up even some Charlton comic books But a lot of those comics are not archived. They're not available in a digital format, so I can't really cover them. Also, it's a short-form podcast, so I only do about 15, 20 minutes of stuff. So I couldn't cover a whole lot of comic books, but I was happy with the choices. And again, this is the 50th episode of the podcast. And it's kind of amazing because I started this last September. And the podcast has really evolved since then. It's really starting to be what I thought it was going to be. And I'm really proud of the 50th episode. For all my fans out there who listen, thank you so much. Thank you for your comments. I really appreciate it. Moving forward, there's a lot of great stuff planned, as always. More interviews coming on, special episodes. Great stuff. As always, I want to hear what you have to say. Good and bad suggestions. You can write to me at FantasticComicFan, all one word, at gmail.com. Let's get on to today's podcast. And again, thank you so much for your support. Marvel put out a series of paperback books that collected Silver Age comics. And that was my introduction to Amazing Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and especially Fantastic Four. Now I remember them little teeny tiny paperbacks, collection, and I remember specifically Fantastic Four number one. It was so different back then for a comic book in the 60s. And I remember reading it for the first time. These were somewhat superheroes fighting a monster and a bad guy named the Mole Man. They didn't have any costumes that would come later. But right there, in that very first issue, you could feel the Stan Lee and Jack Kirby magic. And every so often, I'll start with Fantastic Four number one and read straight through all the way maybe to Fantastic Four 50, maybe even 60. Because those early Silver Age comics are still golden to me. They're great reads. I love them so much. Fantastic Four, number one. if you've never read it. A lot of readers haven't. You need to go back and check this one out. It's a very unique, very cool, fantastic read. Even if it is from the Silver Age. As I've often said, I'm a proud Bronze Age baby. And it's no secret that this podcast is actually a homage to the Fantastic Four but I'll tell you the comic book that cemented me, that really made me a lifelong Fab Four fan, and that was issue number 200. Even back then, it was a landmark issue. In a way, it was really landmark, because back then, comic books didn't really celebrate hundreds, 200s issues. It was considered no big thing for the most part. But this lead-up actually began in issue 199, when the FF disbands, not totally disbands, Reed no longer has the stretching abilities and decides to call the whole thing off. We're done, no more Fantastic Four. He started losing his powers back in FF 157 and totally lost his stretching abilities in FF 178. So after the team breaks up from 191 all the way straight through 200, the rest of the issues are pretty much character spotlights. Unlike many events of today where they're all planted out, this one really didn't have a through line. Instead, Mark Wolfman picks up the writing duties mid-stories with issue 195. First issue. You could feel the Stan Lee and Jack Kirby magic. And every so often, I'll start with Fantastic Four number one and read straight through all the way, maybe to Fantastic Four 50, maybe even 60, because those early Silver Age comics are still golden to me. They're great reads. I love them so much. Fantastic Four number one, if you've never read it, a lot of readers haven't, you need to go back and check this one out. It's a very unique, very cool, fantastic read, even if it is from the Silver Age. As I've often said, I'm a proud Bronze Age baby. And it's no secret that this podcast is actually a homage to the Fantastic Four. But I'll tell you the comic book that cemented me, that really made me a lifelong Fab Four fan. And that was issue number 200. Even back then, it was a landmark issue. In a way, it was really landmark because back then, comic books didn't really celebrate hundreds, two hundred issues. It was considered no big thing for the most part. But this lead-up actually began in issue 199 when the FF disbands, not totally disbands. Reed no longer has the stretching abilities and decides to call the whole thing off. We're done. No more Fantastic Four. He started losing his powers back in FF-157 and totally lost his stretching abilities in FF-178. So after the team breaks up from 191 all the way straight through 200, the rest of the issues are pretty much character spotlights. Unlike many events of today where they're all planted out, this one really didn't have a through line. Instead, Mark Wolfman picks up the writing duties mid-stories with issue 195. DC or I'm sorry the Marvel mythos I was really impressed and I'm now reading another series of Guardians of the Galaxy not really checked out Guardians of the Galaxy a lot of people haven't this issue run from 19 or I'm sorry, 2008 through 2010 it was 25 issues self-contained storylines for the most part great read loved it highly recommended. also so check it out and then an issue 200 it is a double-sized issue. Now, that may seem like no big deal right now, but back then, it was a big deal. Marv Wolfman actually had to go to Marvel and convince them to make it a double-sized issue. They were not keen on making Fantastic Four number 200 a double-sized issue. And it is, again, Reed Richards, Doctor Doom, a Final Battle. Well, for a while, but it does serve to take Doctor Doom off the table of the Fantastic Four mythos for several years it's a great story leading up to it you can even read just number 200 and really get a good read highly recommended one of my favorite Fantastic Four stories ever I'm a big fan of Crisis of the Infinite Earths that groundbreaking series that ran for 12 issues around 84 85 where it took the whole DC mythos and took all the Earths from 1, 2, 3, S, X, Prime, and everything else in between, and basically smashed them into one new universe. My problem with that is some characters like Huntress, uh, Power Girl, even Donna Troy's origins got all messed up. I always thought the best option was to just condense the DC mythos into a couple of Earths, like Earth-1. Earth 2, Earth 3, even Earth X and S. Could have done that. Saved a lot of hassle and continuity. And Earth 2 was such a great Earth because it was a home of the Golden Age Superman, Batman, Flash, Justice Society. And during the mid-70s, up through the time of crisis, JSA actually had some cool stuff going in it. Really great storylines. And unfortunately, a lot of it came to an end with Crisis on Infinite In fact, the Justice Society kind of faded away for several years. Crisis was supposed to end all the strange contradictions with DC Mythos, but actually added a few things and really didn't smooth everything out. You had some small retcons, like uh, Zero Hour. And then 10 years later, you had Infinite Crisis, which was a sequel, obviously, to Crisis. And my next pick is Infinite Crisis, number two, from 2005. Specifically, we have Kara Power Girl, who was the Earth-2 Supergirl for the longest time. And right here in this issue, it shows what we miss in Earth-2 mythos. What we could have had, had Earth-2 actually continued like I always thought it could. You have Kara with the Superman from Earth-2 and Lois Lane from Earth-2, and she's dying. And Kara has no idea what's going on. When Lois, who's dying again, reaches out and touches Kara's hand, she immediately gets flooded with all her Earth-2 memories. It's very, very cool. During the mid-'70s, you had a great revival of the Justice Society when Power Girl was introduced. Unfortunately, during the D.C. implosion, the Justice Society was canceled, and you really didn't get to see a lot of the potential of the new generation of characters like Kara and Hunters, which is the Earth-2, Batman, and Selina Kyle's daughter. But in Crisis of Infinite Earths number two, Superman's like, are you okay, Kara? What's wrong? She's like, I remember. I remember everything. She remembers her all her Earth-2. And this is a quote from her Earth-2 members. I see the extra room with the daisy wallpaper, flammy dinners, nights of telling me stories about how you met, how you asked Lois to marry you. On top of the Daily Star building with the diamond you made for yourself from the coal mines of Zurich. And then Cal's like, yeah, that's right. And Kara goes on, you treated me, both of you, like I was your daughter. And Lois goes, oh, honey, as far as we're concerned, you are our daughter. And that right there shows me exactly the missed opportunities DC had when they got rid of Earth 2 and a Kara, power girl her whole history has never been the same. She's never really recovered from all that. But this is a great issue. It really delves into the whole Supergirl of Earth 2, kal Lois, and that whole dynamic. I really love this story. It's one of my favorite all-time Earth 2 stories. My last pick, truthfully, kind of surprises me because I just discovered this book in the last few weeks. I am not a big Guardian of the Galaxy fan. It just never gelled with me. But I was going through Marvel Unlimited's app. And I said, you know what? I need to read some of the uh, Garden of the Galaxies. So I went through and picked up the Galaxies series from 2008, which lasts for 25 issues. It was written by Andy Lanning, Dan Abnett, with the pencils by Paul Pelletier. And I got to say... I'm pretty impressed with this whole series that actually went through and read even more of Guardians of the Galaxy. It really does a great job of taking Marvel's cosmic aspects and throwing them together. Even more interesting throughout this, you have several crossovers, which they actually make it gel into because I didn't really uh, read the crossovers. For example, you have a secret invasion storyline, which runs through several issues. There is also realm of kings that crosses through this but the whole 25 issues i really enjoyed it i liked the cosmic aspect i liked the fact that it was off in a whole different corner of the dc or i'm sorry the marvel mythos i was really impressed and i'm now reading another series of guardians of the galaxy not really checked out guardians of the galaxy a lot of people haven't this issue run from 19 or i'm sorry 2008 through 2010 it was 25 issues self-contained storylines for the most part Great read. Loved it. Highly recommend it also. So check it out. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Again, I would love to hear from you. A fantastic comic fan at gmail.com. Remember, new episodes every Wednesday. Thanks so much for listening to this episode, and I hope to see you next time.